1: Fabulous secret powers were revealed to our host as he plugged in his microphone. I have a podcast! Here he is, your Spider-Pan, Jeremy.
3: Yes, hello, I am back for another week of fun with you. I hope you are prepared because... Wow, I've got a lot of news, a lot of it involving there was a Nintendo Direct event and a, uh, I guess, a PlayStation event. I don't know what they would call it. Uh, They have State of Play, I believe, PlayStation has. Yeah, State of Play, where a lot of new game announcements actually came up. And, of course, we're going to talk about those today. Uh, I have a movie review for you of the new film, *A Haunting in Venice, uh, which, of course, is based off the Agatha Christie book, Halloween party. Uh, my wife and I got an opportunity to go and see that, and we'll talk about that, of course, later on in the show. Uh, got a little bit of maintenance also to deal with. It seems that uh, Emma may not have had everything quite figured out with how this caps programs work, or something. That they, they, uh, I was informed that they don't like that she's coming to my home to do this work. Uh, I've got a phone meeting that's supposed to be here today. Uh, to speak with someone about uh, what she'd be doing as an intern and see if they will approve of this. Uh, She let me know, so if they don't like it, then I'll have my parents talk to them. (laughs) I don't know how much good that'll do. I mean, they have rules for this. This is the CAPS program. My wife has mentioned something to me about it, how the North Kansas City School District works with this. Uh, And hopefully they'll find this uh, an effective thing because there's a lot I can teach her uh, that she can put to some use if she decides to pursue something like this. I mean, me running this podcast has led to me to work in radio and in television. And I have been eyeballing, I want to tell you all about this, a potential uh, side business for me. Uh, a streaming radio station, which if I get this thing running, I will let you know. Uh, I'm, I'm in a lot of planning stages right now. I'm trying to figure out a way to monetize it because I need this radio station to kind of be able to pay for itself. And so I'm trying to figure out a way to be able to run ads in it to where I don't have to go out and try to find advertisers or whatever. And there's a company that actually places the ads here into this podcast if you're getting it through uh, normal means uh, on Red Circle. If you happen to go through Patreon, by the way, you can get the show without ads uh, by going through our Patreon. And there will be a specific RSS feed for you that will have this show without the ads. But otherwise, you're going to listen to ads uh, that I get pr- plugged in to my Red Circle account where I'm running the show through. And that same company, not Red Circle, but the company who puts those ads in also has ways to put stuff into streaming radio. And I'm try- trying to check on compatibility for the the, uh, the website that I'm thinking to use to build a streaming radio station. I have plans for this. I'm pretty excited for it. I'm getting ideas for a type of programming I might have uh, starting like at 6.30 a.m., uh, there would be a half an hour of just Bible reading, Old Testament, New Testament, and a proverb, which would feature either me or someone else uh, reading and send us up. I'm going to see how many people who would like to be involved in that just for some fun. Uh, you know, I thought that was a good way to start your day is at 630. Have that. Then at seven o'clock, I will be playing at least on weekdays. Uh, the Bible reading, of course, will go on every day of the week. Uh, we'll go through the Bible in a year type of thing. Uh, of course, we'll start from whatever date it recommends uh, for, you know, when we get the thing started. So we won't start exactly from the beginning until like January and stuff like that. Uh, I have to find out a good plan and make sure I follow it and uh, keep it. It'll be good for me too to just make sure I'm reading every day, right? Uh, It'll be good for you to listen in, you know. And uh, we'll we'll start something there. Then, of course, though at seven o'clock, I will be playing be playing a podcast for a morning show. Uh, I want to talk once I'm sure I can get this going. I want to talk to other other Christian nerd type. Uh, podcast. You know, the nerds and Jesus. You know, uh, Mary Howell that we just spoke with, uh, or even maybe John Losh, You know, somebody who's got something that puts out a show once a week. And I've got a few in mind. Uh, some some nerd type shows. I mean, there's pop culture pastors. They don't have to necessarily be in this for ministry sake, but that you know, being Christians and looking at pop culture, we all look at it in a certain way. So. Uh, I thought, you know, Pop Culture Pastors is another one, and there's a Retro Rewind show that I, I like that's also run by Christians. So you're not necessarily going to get, like, Christian values uh, out of the podcast. I like this show. Uh, you just—my values affect how I think about things. So I'm planning on that from, like, 7 to 9, mixed with some, maybe some ads. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll figure that out. Playing some Christian rock stuff that you don't hear all the time through most of the day. And then maybe, say, f- 6 o'clock— after drive time, about dinner time, I might play something a little, you know, slow things down a little bit. Maybe I'll even dig back into some of my love of the 40s and 50s, you know, some Frank Sinatra, that kind of thing, you know, Anderson Sisters, or Andrew Sisters, I mean, not Anderson Sisters, you know, stuff like that. And then overnight, starting at maybe 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, I'm going to just play vintage, classic Disney songs, probably up through the 90s, maybe, maybe a little bit later than that, but you know, I've got a pretty good collection of some old Disney songs, because, you know, I'm been a big Disney fan, and I prefer the old stuff. But like, have that play overnight so you can fall asleep, listen to some good Disney music, and settle yourself down—that kind of a thing. And then starting at six thirty, we fire back up. Of course, Bible study, do do do, and we we do the whole thing again. Uh, Sundays, I might be able to broadcast uh, a Phillips uh, sermons, the entire church service. We're starting at eleven o'clock on Sundays. Uh, I'm working on ideas for Saturday programming. I'd like to be able to get some other programs in there, but you know, I I've got to start small. Uh, and then once it gets to where it pays for itself and can pay to go a little further, uh, I will add in other programs, maybe maybe other podcast shows or some audio dramas that are being produced constantly to, to play on Saturdays. You know, I've got a lot, got a lot of ideas of what I want to do with this, but I have to have a lot of things fall into place. So if this happens, I will certainly let you know. Hopefully I'll get it on the air by Friday. Um, and, of course, I'll my Facebook page that I've had for my Solid Rock radio program that has been – defunct for a long time uh you know has not been airing I'll, i'm going to turn that one into a facebook page for this new online streaming radio station so keep that in mind and if everybody comes over and listens to that you know i get i get the ad revenue to help pay for all of this stuff uh you know, if, if I ever get to where I turn a profit on this, would be great. But mainly, I just want it to pay for itself. And I feel like I'm doing something in the world and uh, creating some more fun things to listen to and uh, hopefully make your day a little better, something to listen to at work. If you, hopefully, if you enjoy some of the same music I do, it's going to be a wild mix of everything from, you know, some old DC talk to some Disciple and Red, you know, and stuff like that. And any other new music I can discover as I do this that I used to play on Solid Rock, I used to get some new music from different services. And all they have to do is get an MP3 with all the, the right data, and everybody gets their royalties, and I get the licensing and all that kind of stuff. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Hopefully by next show, I will be able to announce something. But so what have I been watching this week? Uh, well, let's see. We, we watched some more fairy tale, but wasn't there something special I ended up watching? Oh, my golly. I, I, I had this in my head the other day, and I didn't write it down in my notes. I was like, yeah, this is, I've been kind of watching this this week. But I can't think of what it was that I was watching, of anything special. Uh, but yeah, we did get, jump back into reading watching more fairy tale. And I was watching, I still haven't finished watching that quarterback series on Netflix. But, uh, oh, wasn't there something else on Netflix I found that I, I was like, oh, hey, look at this. Well, I found the old 80s movie of Dragnet with Tom Hanks and uh, Dan Aykroyd and watched that again. Uh, but I believe there was something else I found on Netflix. Wasn't there? There was something special? Well, I don't know. I cannot think of it for the life of me. My goodness, I'm sorry. That seems like a waste of time, isn't it? <laughs> All right, so what have I been playing? Well, um, I got stuck on uh, on The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. I uh, got stuck at a point, and I was like, okay. And th- what happens when I kind of get stuck and I can't figure out to get through? Uh, I go and I'll play something else. You know, and that's kind of what happens. I'll pr- I'll come back to it. I'm sure, but I'm starting to begin Scareplay of 2023. We do this on the Neverland Official Gaming Channel, and I start playing some spooky type games. And I've got one in there, Panic House, and I've got two videos of Panic House up. It's it's one that you can finish in an hour if you don't know what you're doing, uh, or faster if you're not trying to figure out. Well, what in the world is this door code? Uh, and uh, I have the first cut where I was playing it live, and I thought I had it set up to where you were going to hear me commentating and talking about what I was doing. But for some reason, it didn't record my audio. I've got to figure that out on PlayStation when I try to do that because I I was live streaming it to Twitch, and then I took that video and put it straight over to YouTube, and also I downloaded it. When I downloaded it, I edited it down to take out where there's times that I was pausing. I was trying to look up up stuff like, what? I don't understand this because, you know, it's an indie game. Uh, It was kind of fun to go through. It's a bit spooky, but it's up there. You can watch two versions. You can see one uh, where I've edited and one where I just was straight through, both on the Neverland Gaming channel. Bit of a a fun... You can get it very inexpensively that's what I'm I'm aiming for this year is inexpensive games uh, or free games most of these are going to be free and a lot of stuff I can't remember what all I've downloaded that I found were free and are on my Steam account so I'm going to be playing through my PC Uh, but yes that's what I'll be playing for a while sharing some fun and spookiness and spooky fun just because of the season so whether you want to celebrate this or not or just have some fun I enjoy story and I enjoy candy so I go from there so whatever your opinion is, that's fine. You know, I have my opinion. I have my fun for the upcoming holiday. Uh, you know, I, I I don't see anything wrong with candy. <laughs> I like candy. I'm just not supposed to eat candy because I'm diabetic. But anyways, enough of me babbling about here. Uh, let's get into some of this crazy, wacky news that happened this week.
2: Banning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland.
3: You know, I really do need to update that because it says we're going through all the Disney stuff. I'm like, not really, although we will talk about some of the things. But anyways, I've got a lot of trailers for games that are upcoming. Uh, the first one here is RoboCop: Rogue City. And this is was a gameplay trailer that was at GamesCon 2023 here recently.
1: According to our sources, the attacks were aimed at catching the attention of a man whose identity. Oh, remains. Detroit has a cancer, and that cancer is crime. New crime wave sweeping Detroit has already claimed the lives of twenty-one police officers. Provokes a question. Can we put our safety into the hands of a machine?
2: My name is Dr. Olivia Blanche. I'm a police psychologist. I specialize in dealing with police officers suffering from emotional trauma. What's hiding in that metal head of yours? I think we can both agree that you are no ordinary police officer. Reinforcements have arrived. Those trigger happy maniacs have a ton of hostages. Anyone
1: expecting
2: a silver break? Lewis, you're here.
1: We need to get these elevators back online. It's Kabo it's that service box, isn't it? I am detecting a short circuit. Wakey, wakey! Looking at the map, of this place is
2: huge. OCP tracking device torn out. I am going to follow the blood trail. However, one aspect of your composition that has been severely neglected is your human side, your brain. We must smash that thing. I've heard people refer to you by different okay, names. Hey there, my morph- fire! at will. Ah! I'm curious to hear which one you prefer. My name is...
3: Okay, so this is RoboCop Rogue City. Uh, Only a cop, part man, part machine can bring justice to the crime-ready streets of old Detroit. This is coming here this month uh, for, I think, multiple systems. And, uh, of course, they've got it to where... uh, Let's see if I can find a little bit more information here on this. Uh, of course, this is being made by Teon, which I've not heard of that company before. It uh, should be on Xbox and PlayStation, as well as Windows at this point. Now, of course, we can never really cover the movies. They're ultra-violent movies back in the 80s. But this is an old 80s character getting kind of a relaunch at a video game. And I think this might be like a continuation of the story. So, I mean, that's at least what it seems to be. This is like a continuation of the story from perhaps where one of the older movies left off. Uh, I think we got it through at least three movies. Two of them probably worth watching. The third one, not so much. Uh, then there was the reboot movie, which I kind of enjoyed. I only watched the one time, though, but it, yeah, it got a lot of hate. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. So, Sean Levy uh, is supposed to be directing some Star Wars uh, and uh, he actually uh, oversaw the release of Night of the Museum, Kun Munra Rises Again, which was an animated, uh, I guess, film or series. I didn't really watch this one. Uh, he is basically ta- He's gearing up to shoot Deadpool 3, or, well, I don't know where they're at with that, with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman coming back to play Wolverine. Uh, he's also directing on the fifth and final season of Stranger Things, but uh, he is apparently... Uh, been in talks to direct a Star Wars film of some sort, but uh, we're kind of hung up, I guess, on this because of the, the strikes going on right now. Oh, here is actually, yes, it was an animated thing. That's why I thought I remembered something about it. Uh, it was a Disney Plus thing, Ninth Museum, Ka Moonra Rises Again. I didn't watch this, uh, Don't no. Uh, it might have been good. I don't know. Did any of y'all watch it? Maybe I should check it out. It's one of these days. Uh, it seems like it was they were trying to reboot the franchise a little bit of uh, the Museum. But uh, apparently he's a big Star Wars fan and has been talking about doing some stuff. Uh, this is also the guy who uh, uh, made Free Guy, although there's talks apparently that there might be a Free Guy 2. Did y'all watch that? I rather enjoyed Free Guy. It was kind of fun. Uh, so, you know, things are kind of slowed down. Uh, but in an interview he uh, he gave, which I'm reading this off of Collider, uh, doesn't say where this interview came from. It might have been Collider spoke with him directly. Um, but it says, if you had told me back when I was directing Big Fat Liar that someday I'd be working on the biggest TV show in the world and directing Marvel following Star Wars, I would have told you you're nuts. But it is so thrilling, and it's kind of a big canvas storytelling that I've always dreamed of doing. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know where this is right now other than delayed and a potential thing happening. I don't know, (laughs) but I I figured I'd I'd bring it up. It's Star Wars after all. Uh, Whether we think we need to get any more stuff or we're just getting swamped with stuff right now, I don't know. But I figured it's worth a mention. Okay, so there was a PS5 update that happened very recently, by the way, for you PlayStation uh, people. So Sony released, this is, I'm getting off of IGN, they released an update globally for the PlayStation 5 that had some new accessibility, audio, and social features. The update includes a number of features from the latest PS5 beta, including using a second DualSense controller for assistance, new audio options that allow 3D audio powered by Tempest 3D Audio Tech to be enjoyed on compatible Dolby Atmos-enabled HDMI devices, new ways to connect with other players and customize your multiplayer sessions, and support for larger capacity M.2 SSDs up to 8 terabytes. So a lot of different stuff. And uh, with this PS5 update, the global rollout means that every PS5 user can now finally mute the PS5 beep sound when turning it on and off or putting in rest mode. If you go into your settings system to beep sound, adjust the beep sound volume. So let me select, of course, the volume and then mute it. Uh, So if you don't want that beep, I, you know, I kind of find the beep a little bit useful, so I'm going to keep it on there. But if you want to get rid of that little beeping noise, uh, you can. Uh, PS Remote Play, which lets you stream games from your PS5 or PlayStation 4 to another device, including iOS or Android, smartphones or tablets and PCs and Macs over the Internet or through your home network, is now expanded to include devices running Android TV, OS 12, Chromecast with Google TV on the 4K model, and the Bravia XRA95L model are currently verified. Now, if I can do anything on my Roku device, I don't know how that would actually work. It's very, very interesting, though, to go through the Internet uh, on, on a streaming device and be able to play. I guess you'd have to have the, the remote play app, and I'll have to see if the Roku d- would do it, but how would you get your, your controller to work that way? But it's very interesting. But elsewhere, it says here, the update improves voice command. Users in the U.S. and U.K. can now say, hey, PlayStation help to activate help content and can navigate between help and content pages using voice command. You can also ask, hey, PlayStation, what's new to check for new PS5 features and see the current PlayStation Plus monthly games lineup. Uh, I don't like talking to my machines like that. <laughs> I, I talked to a Google thing over here. I mean, I've, if I said, hey, and a certain device behind me, it would answer. And I, I mainly use it to find my phone when I've lost it because I lose my phone a lot. Something else I found on IGN is The Sims 5 is, is, is supposed to be a free-to-download and is not replacing The Sims 4. So it's going to be all new, I guess. Uh, this came from EA and said in uh, that they've confirmed codename Project Renee will be free to download when it's ready. This means that when Project Renee is ready and fully open to players, you will be able to join, play, and explore it without a subscription, core game purchase, or energy mechanics. EA elaborated in a blog post, Uh, during a behind the sims presentation and they say we want playing to be super easy for you to invite or join friends and experience new features stories and challenges I see. Uh, I said, "Oh, well, this is the important part." So the the blog post went on to say that the next Sims games won't replace Sims 4, but that the two will exist side by side. We will continue to support both at the same time, and we'll plan to bring more exciting content to the Sims 4 community for the foreseeable future. Now, a free version of the Sims 5. I'm sure they'll come up with some purchable items, kind of like what Sims 4 has, where you can get expansions and things that you purchase. Uh, I bet there will be different features on PS on the. Or I'm sorry, on Sims Five that will be like that. They don't have a release date yet, but uh, they're still only in the early stages of development. I'm not sure how quickly that will develop. All right, so one piece showrunner address a major Netflix fan theory. He so said, "Read into what you will." Uh, this uh, also got off of IGN, but uh, here's a quote. It says, a lot of thought was put into the Easter eggs and some of it is future planning and a lot of it was, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we saw this character? Now, I am not familiar so much with One Piece, but they do have uh, some pictures that uh, they post One Piece tweets. Uh, let me see if I can expand so I can get a better look at this. This was on a Twitter page. And they showed different characters from the anime and where they showed up, you can kind of see them Popping up in the live action. Uh, so I all of you eagle-eyed fans of One Piece. You probably noticed a lot of these things. And it seems there might be some future planning. And I have heard. That season two. Is actually greenlit, lit. Uh, and it needs about 18 months. Uh, probably to get created. Once the strikes end. So yes another season of the One Piece live action. Which I enjoyed. And even the One Piece creator. Apparently was part of this. And wrote scripts for the live action so it kept in the style and honestly I tried to watch some of the anime again and like I I told my wife and I think my wife and my wife agree with me the live action seems to be actually better than the anime at least I liked it better and she liked it better and she's watched the anime so you might not agree with this but I you know I've enjoyed it a lot more than when I when I've tried to watch like a couple of episodes of the anime but yeah there there seems to be a lot of characters that might be popping up now of course we have some fun game trailers that happened Announced. Uh, do I have a... Uh, you know what I did not grab? That I meant to grab? Uh, there might be a little bit of uh, video, and I don't know how much the audio is going to be, but one thing that did pop up uh, first uh, from Nintendo, on the Nintendo Direct, but apparently it's coming to all systems, is a remastering of the original first three Tomb Raider games that you probably played on your PlayStation uh, or your PC. It was available on PC, and I think on the PC is where everybody was trying to find a nude code. <laughs> so because polygons would have looked good, and uh, yeah, people are weird. But yeah, so the first three games coming out in a remastered form, I don't know if they're going to tweak the gameplay at all or keep it just the same. I always found it difficult, the jumping mechanic and the platforming on that. I never could finish those games. I would get frustrated because you make one wrong move and you fall. After you spend 10 minutes climbing somewhere, you fall, and then you got to start over. But if they add a quick save where I'm like, okay, I'm about to make what could be difficult. Let me quick save this right here before I do this. Just in case I mess up because it was a slow, monotonous pace doing all these weird climbing and stuff. And I really think the climbing mechanics worked a lot better in the Uncharted games. And I have not yet played the newer Tomb Raider games. Although I do own one and then the others are available to me through the PlayStation Plus program. So if I like that first one, I'll try the other ones out. Uh, but anyways, moving on to like the first thing that I want to share, and this was like the biggest and the final thing they shared at GamesCon or not GamesCon so much as the state of play from PlayStation. Uh, it was a new trailer and a release date announced for Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Let's take a listen.
2: The world's ending. At least, that's what everyone's saying. The sky, I don't like it.
0: Ready to fire, sir. Welcome to the New World Order. Fire! Just close your eyes and listen. Tell me you can't hear that. Her rallying cry. The planet runs out of energy. It, and everything on it, dies.
2: We can
1: overcome our fate.
0: Am I the same as these monsters? Am I even human. Okay, we're
1: looking for Sephiroth. Think you can find him? Oh,
0: Sephiroth, you see?
1: So you heeded the call too,
2: did you? What are you talking about? As you can see, your brothers down there are having a little get-together. They're our best chance of finding Sephiroth.
1: Yeah. I ask because I suspect there's
0: soldiers suffering from cellular degradation. Do not be deceived. You know the truth. Trust in me. Several. Come on. <laughs>
1: on me <laughs> 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 look look <laughs>
2: Excuse me, could you look after my friend? Just for a bit.
1: A weapon? Tutelary creatures, said only to appear when the planet is in grave danger. Who dares disturb my slumber?
0: It's upon us. The reunion. When worlds merge. I'm waiting, Cloud.
3: Alright, so Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, February 29th, which I think we already knew it was supposed to be like in February. Uh, they do have some pre-order stuff going on already. Uh, I, with like digital content, you can even, uh, digital two-pack, you can get the uh, the remake or integrate uh, version as well. Uh, I plan on ordering and trying to get, it's still playing. Uh, I'm planning on getting a steelbook edition like I got over at Best Buy if I can find this somewhere. Uh, I really enjoyed the steelbook edition. It came with a nice little book which has some of the designs and artwork of the game as well as a short CD of some of the music. Of course, I did later digitally purchase the entire soundtrack because I enjoyed the music of it so much uh, of the remake. Uh, But here's what it says in the description: "says the highly anticipated new standalone story in the critically acclaimed Final Fantasy VII remake project will release Friday, or February 29th, 2024." In the on the, for the PlayStation 5 console, the unknown journey continues. After escaping the dystopian city of Midgar, Cloud and his friend set on a journey across the planet. New adventures await in a vibrant and vast world. Sprint across gra- grassy plains on a chocobo and discover expansive environments. Or Chocobo, if you prefer that one. I, I think I've heard Chocobo is supposed to be the correct one. The other bit of how do you pronounce it is some people say Cat Sith. I've heard Katshi. Uh, I am not sure. I'm curious how they're going to pronounce his name in the game, and I will take that as the canon uh, pronunciation of how you say his name. But we get to see him in there. We also get to see, as people are talking about this, Cloud and Sephiroth working together in some sort of fight. Now, what I'm betting this is part of is Cloud's messed up memories where he gets himself confused with Zack, and it might be he's going to remember... Maybe Zack working with Sephiroth, which you could have played in Crisis Core. And maybe that's what that is, is Cloud thinking it's him that worked alongside Sephiroth. And actually that he's just remembering Zack's memories as his own because his mind is really messed up. But we also know if we played the original Final Fantasy game back from the nineties. That Sephiroth has some sort of weird mental control on Cloud and can almost force him to do some stuff and can mess with his head uh, for whatever reason, which I'm sure they'll get into a little bit more. Uh, I think they might have explained it pretty good in the original game, but, you know, I'm not sure uh, that we really fully understand other than the connection that they have for being part of the Genova. uh experiments uh, that Cloud was that somehow another Sephiroth and Sephiroth is always trying to lure Cloud to his side of things so it's very interesting to see that little scene where you can play as Sephiroth and be teaming together have Sephiroth on your team Uh, have no idea what all that means yet but we'll find out but also we get to see Vincent and Yuffie and the Golden Saucer and Chocobos Uh, didn't get to see um, Sid yet I'm figuring it's coming though right we we got to have Sid in there. He's got to fly you around, right? So lots of interesting stuff. I am super, super excited, of course, as you know, for that because I really did enjoy the remake. But here's something for all of you Disney fans that still stuck around.
0: 1,000 years ago, superstition and the sword ruled. It was a time of darkness. It was the age of gargoyles. In stone by a magic spell for a thousand years. now the spell is broken and we live again So
3: what you're hearing here of course that was the intro from the original Gargoyle series but the old NES game is being remastered. To make it, I mean, and this looks it looks like the animation from the series. I mean, they just reanimated it completely, redrew everything, and of course, you make the mistake because it's NES and it's pretty unforgiving. They gave Story you a rewind feature.
0: Warriors by night. We are defenders of the night. We are gargoyles. So this will be on Xbox
3: One, PS4, the Nintendo Switch, Steam, on GOG. Uh, coming very, very soon, I believe. Uh, here in the description it says, Gargoyles Remastered is a 2D classic 16-bit side-scrolling platform. I thought it was like an 8-bit on the NES. Maybe it was on the Super Nintendo. I never played it. Uh, it's an adventure game remastered for modern hardware developed by Empty Clip Studios. Relive the legend of Goliath and save the world from destruction with enhanced visuals, animations, and sound effects all inspired by the acclaimed animated series. Uh, of course, there's going to be achievements, gameplay rewind, and more uh, features uh, added in here, so this looks like I'm. It's going to be fun. I think I'm going to be picking this up. Honestly, I think it's going to be a good time. Kind of like I remember when they remastered the old Ducktales game and actually improved it greatly, and uh, it was so much fun. Uh, so I'm, I've got expectations that it's going to be something like that. Okay, so also something happened on the state of play that PlayStation had. Uh, we got a little bit more uh, for Spider-Man Two, and even a little talk from one of the developers. <laughs>
0: This is Brian Intahar, Senior Creative Director at Insomniac Games. Thank you for all of your amazing feedback to our demo at the showcase earlier this year. Marvel's Spider-Man 2 is filled with an amazing story and story missions, but today I'm here to provide you with a first look at how the open world experience is evolving and how the game is built to take full advantage of the PlayStation 5. The first thing you'll notice is that our city has nearly doubled in size with the addition of two iconic New York boroughs, Queens and Brooklyn. And we've introduced the Web Wings, an entirely new mechanic that, when combined with web swinging, allows you to traverse the city in a whole new way and at faster speeds than ever before. Whether it's the neighborhood backdrop of Queens or the fireworks that light up the sky over Coney Island, exploring these areas will feel much different than the towering skyscrapers of Manhattan, while also delivering memorable locales like Peter Parker's old stomping grounds in Midtown High and Miles Morales' current place of learning, Brooklyn Visions Academy. Hey, Miles, what's up? Speaking of our heroes, Marvel Spider Man 2 will introduce the ability to switch between the two walls crawlers in the open world, and thanks to the power of the PlayStation 5, you can make that switch almost instantly. Delivering a bigger city and playing as not one, but two Spider-Heroes were big goals for Marvel Spider-Man 2, but this time around, it was equally important to provide a greater sense of exploration and discovery. As you progress through the main story, a number of new activities and storylines will become available. The majority of those will now be represented by visual cues in the world that grab your attention, such as a flock of Kraven's drones circling a building a mysterious symbol projected into the sky, or even an unfamiliar spider bot ping emitting from one of the rooftops. Many activities, like the hunter's cloaked blinds that overlook the Big Apple, lead to even greater challenges, yet yield worthy rewards and new information about Marvel's greatest hunter, Kraven. Others will lead to a climactic showdown with Marvel villains not yet seen in this Spider-Man universe. Spider-Heroes have new AR tech in the lenses of their masks, providing a quick glimpse of activities already discovered, or helping locate new ones yet to be revealed. You can always refer to the upgraded Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man app to quickly track nearby areas of interest. The app will also include incoming requests from those who call Marvel's New York home. Some will ask for either Spider-Hero to help, while others, like the students of Brooklyn Visions calling upon Miles, will require you to put on the mask of a specific hero. All these activities, including crimes to stop from the game's various enemy factions, also now feed into the new District Progress System, which even provides more rewards and unlocks our brand new fast travel system. As you can see here, the PlayStation 5 and its SSD means you can move across the city with very little downtime. Finally, the more city you explore and the more activities you complete the more ways you'll be able to customize your spider hero. This includes mastering additional combat abilities and traversal skills, acquiring and improving gadgets, upgrading through the new suit tech system, and of course, unlocking additional spider suits. And we're talking lots and lots of suits. Marvel Spider-Man 2 will feature over 65 suits from the comics, movies, and multiple original designs. And thanks to the all new suit style system, you'll now have more than 200 different ways to outfit your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. On behalf of Insomniac Games, we couldn't be more excited about what this expanded city has to offer, and all the new ways you'll experience Marvel's New York. We look forward to seeing you swinging around in Marvel Spider-Man 2 when it launches October 20th, only on PlayStation 5.
3: So this is coming October the 20th. I've already put my pre-order down, so you can bet. I will have some coverage of this game on the Neverland official gaming channel. As much time as I get to actually play the game, <laughs> I will I will be playing it, and I will try to, of course, uh, either live stream it to Twitter and then from or not to Twitter, but to Twitch, and then I have to copy the videos over to YouTube, or I'll just make some YouTube videos and put them in there. It's best that I can uh, with all the different new costumes. I did see, you know, I I'm, I love the classic costume, uh, and with the variants that you can do, you can do variations of the costume, like different color schemes. It looks like you can do from the, the classic blue and red. You can go back to the black and red of looking the classic style. So you can go back to the original Amazing Fantasy where it looks like the intention was to be black and red. But, of course, you have to highlight black with blue. And so some another just got adapted to being where he was wearing blue and red because of how it looked. But I think the intention was black and red. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we've discussed this before on the show years and years ago, early on in the show or the podcast. But of course, I'm excited about that. Uh, Here's something I know Adrian Rapp will be excited for. Buffy the Vampire Slayer cast reuniting for a Spike-focused series. This on Variety. Uh, And I can listen to the article it says. So you know what? I'm going to hit a button and let somebody else talk.
2: Buffy the Vampire Slayer cast reuniting for Spike-focused series by Jaden Thompson. The original cast members of the series Buffy the Vampire Slayer are returning for an audible original story, Slayers, a Buffyverse story, set in the same world as the original show. The new story will focus on Spike, James Marsters, as the protagonist and premieres October 12. In addition to Marsters, returning cast members include Charisma Carpenter, Anthony Head, Juliet Landau, Emma Caulfield-Ford, Amber Benson, James Charles Leary, and Danny Strong. The scripted original picks up 10 years after the events of the 2003 finale. For the official description, since then, Spike Marsters has gone deep undercover in Los Angeles, convincing the forces of darkness that he's back to his evil ways. When his cover is compromised by 16-year-old Indira Nunnally, Leia de Leon Hayes, Spike finds himself on Baby Slayer sitting duty once more. While he attempts to track down a watcher for his eager new protege, their paths collide with the veteran slayer of a parallel reality where Buffy Summers, Sarah Michelle Gellar, never existed. A reality where Cordelia Chase, Carpenter, is the one and only slayer. She needs Spike's help with a classic big bad terrorizing her world. His old flame, Drusilla Landau. In a-
3: oh, it seems maybe there was more. Oh, yeah, there is. But I'm going to jump ahead here. Uh, it said Slayers is written by Benson and Christopher Golden. It was directed by Benson Golden and, and Casey Whelan. Castle reunite for a panel on Friday, October 13th at New York Comic Con at 1.30. I'm sure that's uh, going to be Eastern time. So, yeah, uh, Audible is actually running a 30-day free subscription if you don't already have access. So if you want to go and get on Audible. Now, of course... I would have thought this might have been a... uh, When I was hearing stuff about a reunion, I would have thought it might have been a TV series or movie, something. Because they were talking about a sequel. And, like, really, the series was a follow-up to the original movie with Christy Swanson and Paul Rubens and Rutger Hauer. Remember that movie? It was was more of a comedy than what this series ended up being. The series was trying to take the concept a little bit more seriously. Uh, And I didn't watch the entire run of the series... Um, so maybe I should go back. I mean, I I remember kind of losing interest in it after, in uh, probably somewhere, I think season three, uh, something just wasn't quite working for me anymore. So I kind of fell off of it and I didn't like the ringing Wicca into it and some stuff like that. I I was like, no, I can't, I can't get behind that. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, but so this is going to be an audio only thing through audible. So if you're having to be interested in this, make sure you have an audible account, at least for 30 days for free. Uh, I don't know if you'll get the entire series. I, you know, how, I'm not sure how they're releasing this, if it'll be one episode a week. So 30 days might not be enough for you to be in there, but I'm sure Audible's trying to attract a lot of new people, doing something different, and I figure this is the only way you know, you can... The characters have aged more, than because this is talking about it being like 10 years. Uh, the, char- the, the actors have aged more than what their their characters would have, I guess, at this time. So... <laughs> You know, their voices are going to be the same, but they're going to look different. So this does kind of enable things to work a little easier. Uh, did also get a little bit more information about the Harry Potter TV series on Max, uh, another streaming service, this from Deadline. Uh, but there was a streaming uh, event earlier where Warner Brothers Discovery confirmed that uh, that this is happening. Now, this is supposed to be based more strictly to the, the, uh, the book series and... That's, I guess, why they've got J.K. Rowling directly involved, and you know, it's supposed to be a very faithful adaption, according to Casey Blois, who's the chairman and CEO of HBO and Max Content, and that uh, that does sound pretty good. And they're 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 expecting this to run for ten consecutive years, which they you know they're going to have to film like nonstop because their actors are going to age up unless they do this as an animated. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Well, and I don't know what they're doing for like ten years because you've only got like. Seven books. Uh, so this would seem to defy the one-season-one-book assertion. For those who say the Fantastic Beasts could be leveraged to provide ten seasons over ten years, W.D. Brass said specifically during the announcement that F- that F.B. F- F- will not be part of the series. So that would be, of course, F.B. F- Fantastic Beasts. So, it going to take ten years to tell a seven-year story. Oh, I don't know how exactly that's going to work out. I expected to start airing in 2025 uh, through 26, at uh, getting started. Uh, but you know, the thing is, is this is not that far after we've already gotten the films, but the films were pretty good. Uh, they didn't follow the, um, the books as closely as they could have. They did a pretty good job of sticking with the books. Although we had the piece of the mirror, if y'all know what I'm talking about, randomly show up when they didn't develop that part of the story that, that, uh, Harry had part of a, a, a mirror to be able to see through, you know, and talk to communicate with people with that was broken. And he had a piece of it that it just suddenly shows up there in the in the eighth film. And those of us who've read the books knew what it had come from and everybody else was like, What's what's that? Hard to get that. That's that was convenient. That sort of a thing. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see what's going on with this. But, you know, I would probably watch it if done well. I do appreciate JK Rowling coming in to work on it. Um As for a return, it actually says the Sun Deadline, here's a section. As for a return of any of the film franchise stars like Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, or Rupert Grint, never say never. It would certainly be a PR boost for the series. And while new actors will be cast in the primary roles, there are always flash forwards or the currently in vogue multiverse plot ploy that could create space for more familiar faces in this series. But Daniel Radcliffe has said he's fine with sitting on the sidelines. So, yeah, because they're starting fresh, so I wouldn't expect to really see the original actors. Plus, they've all kind of turned on J.K. Rowling and uh, bit the hand that fed them. Uh, but, uh, oh, there's maybe a little bit of video here. It's pretty much just text and music, so I think I'm going to stop it. Yeah, <laughs> not much of that. I don't want a copyright strike uh, happen to me just because they started playing that theme. So we'll just stop that right there. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with this in a couple of years. Uh, it might be delayed from the strikes going on right now. Uh, we'll see.
2: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net-carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
3: Okay, well that's enough for some news. Now it's time to go to the trailer park.
1: Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator? Give me that shovel! Come here. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Ew. Ah. Ew. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park.
3: All right, and I got a lot of these, too, so let's just jump right into this one. There's something that uh, I don't think you ever would have expected would have happened, but Spy Kids Armageddon. Yeah, that's right. the rebooting Spy Kids.
1: Games? Do you want to get busted? There's something wrong with this game. Oh. Antonio. Hi. Oh, good. It's locked. Just making sure. Really? Something is happening. It's all over the world. It's like
0: somebody combined a virus with...
1: The Armageddon Code. What are these things? They're bad guys from our video games! Get out of here, kids! Go! Wait a second. I think Mom and Dad are spies. You think? We have to find mom and dad
0: now. Hey, kiddos, if you're here now by yourselves, that means something has gone wrong.
1: We couldn't wait to show you the safe house. There's food and spy training modules. How to be a spy. I'm gonna be the best spy ever. You did it. Oh. Oh. Since we caused this whole game apocalypse, we have to stop the bad guys and save the world. Let's do it. Activate Magnet, The clock's ticking. We can do this.
0: Hold on a second, we go into the video game? No, 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 no. Uh -uh. I think we need to regroup.
1: There's no time.
0: We are dealing with a highly intelligent enemy. Shall we?
1: Wait, why are there so many of them? It's more fun that way. So...
3: September 22nd, which means uh, by the end of this week, this will be on Netflix, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, is back with his beloved Spy Kids franchise for the next generation. Spy suits, safe safe houses, super cool gadgets. When Patty and Tony discover their parents are secret agents, it's time to become kids' spies in training to save their parents, beat the bad guys, and save the world. Uh, Now, one recognizable voice you might have recognized in there is good old Zachary Levi is in this one, and that might be what makes me go and check this out, other than it might be just silly and fun. I watched one Spy Kids movie. Uh, the first one was kind of silly and fun. I was not uh, a younger generation that probably would, would continue to watching those, but I thought the first one was kind of fun and cute. Uh, so we'll see. I, I'm probably going to check it out. Here's something coming to Apple Tie Apple V. Oh my goodness! Uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters, part of the Godzilla franchise. I think this might be more from Japan's uh, Godzilla stuff movies. Or no, this might have been our Americanized version. This recent because here's I Kurt hope Russell. Good to you. I hope so.
0: I can't go back in time and fix all the mistakes I made. But maybe I could leave something for the future. A legacy. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. Hopes, dreams, ambitions. The mission was to protect their world and ours. That's what we wanted Monarch to be. Instead of chasing monsters. If you come with me, you'll know everything, I promised.
3: All right, so this is going to start streaming on November 17th when Monsters Emerge Secrets Follow. And we have a description here. It says, following the thunderous battle between Godzilla and the Titans that leveled San Francisco and the shocking revelation that monsters are real, Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, tracks two siblings, following them in their father's footsteps to uncover their family's connection to the secretive organization known as Monarch. Clues lead them to the world of monsters and ultimately down the rabbit hole to Army Officer Lee Shaw, played by Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell. I guess Wyatt Russell might be a younger version, might look just like his dad, uh, taking place in the 1950s and half a century later, where Monarch is threatened by what Shaw knows. Now, this is based on the monster verse from Legendary. Of uh, course, it's Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, Anna Sawe, Kiersey Clemens, Ren Watabi, Mari Yamamoto, Anders Holm, Joe Tippett, and Elisa Yeah, Lasowski. Uh, this is a uh, this is a saga spanning three generations. Now, I don't know if this is just a movie or if this was a series. It looks to me like it's a movie, but this seems like it would make an interesting series if you could get the backstory of all the stuff that's gone off through the movies we've seen so far because we've had Skull Island and we've had Godzilla vs. Kong, which we're getting a follow-up to that. Uh, so, I mean, this could really tie in with that, sort of like the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series did. Uh, One news story that I forgot to mention, I don't know why I didn't have this on my list, but uh, Resident Evil 4, they announced, uh, for the remake, they've announced some new content, including the Separate Ways storyline, and also adding Albert Wesker and Ada Wong onto... The uh, mercenaries mode, by the way. That's coming up, I think, by the end of the month. By the way, I figured I'd just throw that out there. I think it's all free add-on content. I don't think it's going to cost you anything if you've already purchased the game. Uh, But anyways, moving on. The next trailer I have here, Um, I think this is all in Japanese. Let me see. This is from Studio Ghibli here. The boy and the (laughs) Heron. Yeah, as I said, it's all in Japanese, so uh, it's not going to do me a lot of good to play the audio for you unless you can speak Japanese. Uh, But this is from Hayao Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli. This is coming to theaters nationwide and IMAX December 8th. Uh, Now... I don't know if this—I think you're going to have it subtitled when you release it here in the States, but there might be a dubbed version eventually. But this is a young boy named Mahito, yearning for his mother, ventures into a world shared by the living and the dead. There, death comes to an end, and life finds a new beginning, a semi-autobiographical fantasy about life, death, and creation in tribute to friendship and from the mind of Hayao, Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, so, yeah, this is coming up pretty soon. Uh, probably subtitle. Uh, playing the audio doesn't do you a lot of good, but I put it on the list because I wanted to make sure I tell you something about it. On a more serious note, here's something called One Life with the great Sir Anthony Hopkins.
1: 30 seconds to on air. Okay, and you are just here. Good night, said father back.
2: An extraordinary story about a young man who many years ago visited Prague. What he found there with thousands of refugees at the mercy of Hitler's imminent invasion.
0: Did you ever think about the children and what happened to them?
2: Oh, <laughs> you. <laughs> I
0: bet you've got some stories.
1: That's really not about me. We are working to evacuate these children by train to safety in Britain. Why are you doing this, Mr. Winton? Because I may be able to do something about it. I must. Go. Now. Nikki, you must know we cannot save them all. You have to forgive yourself that started sir i have to finish it we cannot let these people down
2: it is incredible
1: what you achieved
2: we're doing as much as we can we have a lot of faith in ordinary people because i'm an ordinary person save one life save the world uh, forgive me but how many children are we speaking about
0: Is there anyone in the audience tonight who owes their life to Nicholas Winton?
3: You know me, I love a good historical drama, and this is based off a true story of Nicholas Winters. uh, Or it says the incredible true story of Sir Nicholas Winton. I'm sorry, I thought it was Winters. This is supposed to be in theaters on January the 1st. Uh, So this is a young London broker played by Anthony Hopkins who, uh, well, he was young at the time, I guess Nicky Winton, uh, played by Hopkins who in the months leading up to World War II rescued 669 children from the Nazis. Nikki visited Prague in December 1938 and found families who had fled the rise of Nazis in Germany and Austria, living in desperate conditions with little or no shelter and food, and under threat of Nazi invasion. He immediately rela- realized it was a race against time. How many children could he and the team rescue before the borders close? And then 50 years later, in 1988, Nicky lives haunted by the fate of the children he wasn't able to bring to safety in England, always blaming himself for not doing more, and it's not until a live BBC television show That's Life surprises him by introducing him to some surviving children, now adults, that he finally begins to come to terms with the guilt and grief he carried for five decades. That even though you can't save everybody, you can save some. Uh, what is the phrase that uh, even the Spider-Man recent Spider-Man films have picked up? That was Aunt May's thing. If Uncle Ben would say, "With great power comes great responsibility," Aunt May's thing was, "If you if you help one person, you help everybody." Which is it's nice to say, but that's it's not necessarily true. But I mean, it's it's just it's a big deal to at least help one person. Is the point? And he helped a lot of people with him and his team. And I did not know this story, so I am definitely interested in checking this out. I thought it sounded very good and uh, heartwarming and and stuff like that. Here's a movie that's going to probably bomb because uh, on pres- early screenings it's done really badly, but. You know, they're doing some reshoots. Maybe they remove Amber Heard out of it. I don't know. But uh, they've released a uh, trailer for Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom.
0: Four years ago, I was basically unemployed. A wanderer. with No home. But now, I'm a husband. And a father. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm the Pops. My job was a little less stressful than yours. Oh yeah, I finally got a job. I'm the king of Atlantis. Half a billion people from every known species in the sea call this place home. But that doesn't mean they don't like me. I'm going to kill Aquaman and destroy everything he holds dear. I'm going to murder his family and burn his kingdom to ash. He must be stopped or a global meltdown is imminent. I think I know someone I might be able to help us. Ooh, you look rough. I look rough. Brother, high five. Do not call me, brother. I cannot believe you let this happen. Yeah, well, I hate this job. True King builds bridges, right? True King builds bridges. <laughs> we need to find Manta. He's different now, he's stronger than before. It's the Black Trident. In King Atlan's time, there were seven kingdoms. The Trident was a curse
1: upon them all.
2: The Trident's dark magic is spreading.
0: He means to end the bloodline. I don't know what lies ahead, but we can't leave our children a world without hope. You're not as bad at this as you think. If you lead, the Seven Kingdoms will follow.
3: All right, so that's Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. One king will lead us all. Coming to theaters December 20th. Uh, Amber Heard still listed in the credits, Well, I find it very interesting that you don't see her but one time. She doesn't say anything, you just see her briefly. And I wondered how much of her character they tried to cut out. But this is the sequel to the highest grossing DC film of all time? Really? Did the original one do that well? Hmm. But uh, here's the description from DC's YouTube page. Uh, it says, Having failed to defeat Aquaman the first time, Black Manta, still driven by the need to avenge his father's death, will stop at nothing to take Aquaman down once and for all. And This time, Black Manta is more formidable than ever before, wielding the power of the mythic Black Trident, which unleashes an ancient and malevolent force. To defeat him, Aquaman will turn to his imprisoned brother Orm, the former king of Atlantis, to forge an unlikely alliance. Together, they must set aside their differences in order to protect their kingdom and save Aquaman's family and the world from irreversible destruction. I kind of wonder if Orm got thrown in because they wanted to get rid of Amber Heard out of there. I don't know. All returning to the roles they originated, Jason Momoa plays Arthur Curry Aquaman, now balancing his duties as both the king of Atlantis and a new father. Patrick Wilson is Orm, Aquaman's half-brother and his nemesis, who must now step into the new role as his brother's reluctant ally. Amber Amber Heard is Mira, Atlantis's queen and mother of the new heir to the throne. Yaya. Abdul Mateen II is Black Manta, committed more than ever to avenge his father's death by destroying Aquaman, his family, and Atlantis. And Nicole Kidman as Atlana, a fierce leader and the mother of the with the heart of a warrior. Also reprising their roles are Dolph Lundgren as King Nereus and Randall Park as Dr. Stephen Shin. Directed, of course, by James Wan. I think I'm going to need to watch this first movie again. Because I don't remember a lot of this. <laughs> I went to the theater watched it, but I, I don't remember uh, all the details. Uh, so I'm going to have to watch that one again before I go and check this one out. And then I'll let you know what I think, and we'll see if this is worth our time. Uh, also, we've got a final trailer for a film called The Creator, which, you know, my wife didn't seem too interested in. They showed this in front of um, The Haunting in Venice. But, uh, you know, it's, it's some typical sci-fi. I mean, it's, it's a story trope we've seen before with the man's versus machines. But they're, they seem to really try to do something a little bit different to where maybe the machines aren't so bad. Or I don't know. Maybe the machines have a reason. But uh, the Matrix tried to do that if you watch through the whole thing and even the Animatrix where the machines actually had their thing and we needed to just broker a piece between the two. Uh, but here's the final trailer for that as well.
1: a peaceful place in the sky are you going to heaven no you gotta be a good person to go to heaven so we're the same we can't go to heaven because you're not good and i'm not a person get me. I'm like a bodyguard. I'm getting you out of this.
2: I
0: promise. See the
3: creator releases September twenty ninth. Uh, coming out pretty soon uh, i think i'm gonna wind up checking this out i am i'm curious uh i mean it's some deep uh good sci-fi uh it has some scenes that look to something akin to blade runner uh you know so i i don't know uh it, but it looks like this could be really worth checking out and worth looking into if you're a fan of some good sci-fi
1: Want to see a movie?
0: Yeah, pretty good. It was bad. I'm fuzzy on the whole good, bad thing.
1: My eyeballs could have been sucked from their socket. I like it a lot. The best movie ever made. A, a Fandom Nexus Movie is- Review.
3: Okay, so as I mentioned, my wife and I went to go see A Haunting in Venice. The description on IMDb says, In a per- post-World War II Venice, Perot, now retired and living in his own exile, reluctantly attends a seance. But when one of the guests is murdered, it is up to the former detective to once again uncover the killer. This stars Kenneth Branagh, which was kind of one of my selling points. I really enjoy him. And Michelle Yeoh, of course, we all love her anyway. Tina Fey, Jamie Dornan, Dillard Gorbett. Baker Bader, if I said that right, Corbett, but yeah, Dylan Corbett Baker Bader. I don't know. Amira El Masri, Ricardo Scamarcio, Fernando Piloni, Lorenzo Viva David Menken, Camille Cotin, Kelly Riley, Jude Hill, uh, and a lot of others pop up in there. Uh, now, and also Emma Laird. Yeah, that was a that was a major character, uh, and some other people who played some. Yeah, I guess she wasn't like a super major character. But Emma Laird, her she plays a character named Desdemona. But uh, this is based off an Agatha Christie novel, it was adapted by Michael Green. Uh, now, I don't want to give away too much of the story, and I want to be very, very careful about how we go through this because this is a mystery. Uh, it's, they try to present it as a horror film a little bit, you know, they try to give it like, it's got some scary elements and, uh, they do try early on in the film to have a lot of jump scales. But once, you know, once we get to a certain point, the jump scares stop and we get more the mystery and solving the mystery. And, uh, I, I've never read any Agatha Christie. I've never seen any Agatha Christie's movies. I know the, of the character Hercule Perrault, uh, as the Frenchman, uh, played by Kenneth Branagh, I'm familiar that the character exists, but I'm not familiar with, uh, the ins and outs of the character. Uh, so I was going in there kind of blind. Uh, this was based, of course, the novel is called Halloween Party. Uh, Wikipedia says the Halloween Party is a work of detective fic- fiction by English writer Agatha Christie, first published in the United Kingdom by the Collins Crime Club in November 1969 and in the United States by Dodd, Mead and company later the same year. The UK edition retail for 25 shillings. In preparation for decimalization on the 15th of February 1971, it was priced on the dust jacket, at one pound twenty-five U.S. edition retail five ninety-five. It was the book was dedicated to P.G. Wodehouse, so. I guess he's not French, he's Belgian. So it says here the novel features Belgian detective Hercule Poirot and the mystery novelist Ariadne Oliver, who begins the novel in attendance at a Halloween party. A girl at the party claims to have witnessed a murder, which at the time she was too young to realize was such, disbelieved by those around her, the girl then is drowned in an apple bobbing bucket, and Poirot must solve a two-pronged mystery: who killed the girl and what, if anything, did she witness? Now, that's kind of different from what actually happens in the film. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm. I don't want to get into who all is going to live through this because there's more than one victim in this. But yeah, so Ariane Oliver, we just get her. As Oliver, that's Tina Faye's character. Uh, after he's retired, she says, Oh, well, there's this medium and everything. And I, you know, I was trying to discredit her, but I, I kind of think I believe her. But we're, 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 we've brought Halloween back to Venice here. That's what we Americans did. And we're going to have a Halloween party with all these kids. And they're going to have a seance afterward because there's this famous opera singer whose daughter, fell to her death and drowned uh, from the top of the tower, which I guess is maybe what they're going with with the child death, but it was a grown woman, so it added extra aspects. So uh, already just looking at some of the stuff of what Halloween party was, there's definitely been some changes in the adaptation between the book and the film. Uh, it's probably also why they renamed the film something different. Uh, I am kind of curious to read the book or listen to an audio book just to see all the stuff is different. So I might read this Wikipedia page in a bit more Detail, although it probably spoils some stuff, and I would rather like to just go through the book. But the movie takes place all in one night after a murder has occurred. Her kill pro locks the doors and says, "Nope, nobody's leaving because somebody in here is a murderer. We got to figure out which one of you is." And heck, even the at one point, someone attempts to kill him first. Then they realize that it's not the person they were intending to kill, and they go and they kill the other person. Uh, And that's just the beginning of different stuff. And it all has to do with a death that happened, uh, I think it was supposed to be like a year prior. And you have an interesting cast of characters brought together. You have Hercule Pro's bodyguard, who was a former police officer. Of course, you have the author. You have the medium. You have the opera singer. You have the former fiancé of the opera singer's daughter, who died like a year ago. Uh, You have these two other characters that are assistants to the medium. So all these characters are together to have this seance, which, oh, this other person who's like a, a former nun, but she, she was a nun, and then she fell in love with a guy and decided to have a family instead. Uh, she's there and warning them against this, like because this, like, this, this location where the opera singer is supposed to live was apparently somewhere where a bunch of children who were all, had some sort of incurable disease that they didn't want it to spread and cause a plague, they were all locked in here to die by doctors and nurses, and the story is that the the ghosts of these children might still be around, and they don't like doctors and nurses and will kill them. And that's the story, at least of the place, whether all of this is true. Now, apparently they, they do acknowledge that there is some history that this did happen, and they do find some things along the way that this did happen. But are these ghosts really vengeful, and are they responsible for the death a year ago? Or are they responsible for the deaths now? That's the question Hercule Perot must— Answer. And uh, he is, uh, we, we as we meet him, he's definitely a devout atheist, although he he has some interesting dialogue that I, I kind of enjoyed where he says, like, you know, I want there to be a proof of this. I want proof that there's a soul because if there's a soul, there's a God. And if there's a God, then there's really justice. Because uh, Hercule Pro has seen so much crime and murder and everything. He's solved so much stuff. He's only seen evil and he doesn't believe that people have a soul because they seem to be all capable of great evil. Uh, it seems to be the perspective he's gone through and he's landed into some some depression of some sort, it seems, and that's why he's retired. Uh, so, but that's the basic setup, and I don't really want to tell you any more because I don't want to spoil this movie because I'm going to recommend you go out and see it. It wasn't super crowded in the theater we went to. There were some obnoxious tea- teenagers in the back of the theater when we went, and I'm I, uh, not going to get into that, but it didn't manage to ruin the movie for me. I still enjoyed the movie, and I think we'll enjoy it more watching it on streaming or if we, we purchase it. Uh, and we, we won't have to watch it in the theater with anybody who's going to act obnoxiously. So, but uh, definitely recommend it. I don't want to say any more because I do not want to spoil. It's got some interesting twists and turns. And as any good mystery, the person who seems most suspect is usually not the one. And it's the person least likely that does it. That's that's how a great old whodunit do, works out. So that way you don't really see it coming on who you think uh, is the guilty party behind this and there's more than one guilty party i will say there's a lot of surprises in here uh, everybody's been doing a lot of different things or actually there's like layers upon layers of mysteries on top of everything uh stacking up where around these murders so very very good movie definitely enjoyed it and i'm definitely going to recommend it to you we had a great time uh and it was definitely uh confused and not knowing what's going on through most of the time here. Oh, golly, you know what? I thought I was done, but I actually have a couple of new trailers thrown in there, but uh, really they're just some TV trailers uh the and i'll just tell you fraser uh is making its return they they released a little bit of a teaser for that to where it's what's seeing what the new setup is i don't think you need to have watched cheers or the other iteration of fraser to kind of get the idea this is fraser now moving into boston where his son is and having a whole new cast of characters the only returning character being fraser of course he's been in boston before that's where cheers took place so you might you know might see a few uh cameos, crossovers from Cheers? I don't know. Uh, But that seems to be the point. Also, we got another look at Loki, which I I think is coming very, very soon, if not this week, onto Disney+, Plus. the second season of Loki. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap this show up course we want you to go to neverlandpodcast.com you can find a link there to go to my podcast reviews you click in there you sign up and i get a little bit of kickback it helps out the show while you're there go check out our shop where i have lots of fun designs you can put on t-shirts and a lot of other items and a lot of other designs i really need to get up there and going must say uh you can send us an email podcast neverlandpodcast.com and of course there's a patreon page in there you can get in there you can become a patron member and then you can start getting a feed of the show Without ads, plus a lot of other bonus content, including some videos and all this other stuff that is over there, especially specifically for my patrons. Which, you know, I'm finding with the red circle where I'm hosting this podcast, there's something in there to put some exclusives as well. And I'm going to research that, see if we can set that up to where that has exclusives as well, so you can support the show there as well. And of course, we do want to thank Karen Kennedy, Ricky Pope of Christian Learns Unite, and Darren Wilhite of the Wilhite & Wall Show for their help in creating the intro. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook. We have a group. uh, I'm trying to be more interactive and doing more things in the group. Of course, there's a YouTube channel for the Neverland uh, the Fandom Nexus, and of course, the Neverland Official Gaming Channel. Come and check out all the different things. I put video versions of the podcast up there as well, but these are not You're not going to see me. You're just going to see some graphic and a little bit of animation. That's basically because people do like to listen, apparently, through YouTube uh, to podcasts. So I'm like, okay, I'll give you the opportunity to do that. You just won't see much for video. But that's okay. You can turn it on somewhere and then go do something as you listen. But, uh, yeah, that's going to wrap up the show. So the only thing left to do is say to get lost in an adventure. And I will see you next time with, hopefully, some announcement of that streaming radio coming. I hope so.
1: We'll see.